Welcome to the Windy City Bender Podcast with your hosts, Noli, Potsy, and Jerem. Welcome, everybody, into uh, the Windy City Benders Podcast. And um, this is episode 50 uh, for Corey Crawford, uh, as it rightly should be. Um, this is a uh, this is going to be a morose episode. This is going to be a sad one. Um, as per usual, it's uh, myself, folks, as your host, host with the most, and then uh, Noe, how are you? What the hell is going on with this intro, Andrew? <laughs> I'm very upset. Well, you're making it way longer than it should be, but hey, hey, how are you? Okay, I'm not good, Brian. I'm not good. Jerem, how you doing? I'm doing better than you, obviously. Okay, I well, mean, you, that's, uh, that makes, yep, that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is a, uh, it's a sad day. I think we can all agree on that. It's a pretty sad day in uh, in Blackhawk history. Uh, if you haven't heard already, or if you live under a rock, or you're in a coma, something like that, uh, the Blackhawks, I'm just going to jump into it here, boys. Blackhawks uh, have fired Joel Quinville. Let him go. That's it. Bye-bye. He's gone. Now, this is something that we had talked about in our uh, preseason predictions um, talking about uh, whether or not you know Q was going to be one of the coaches that was ended up it was going to end up being fired. I think Jeremy, you actually said that he was going to be the first one fired, and you missed it by like two days. Hours. Two days. <laughs> I was so damn close. The first thing would have got right yeah. in a long time. Yeah, but you wouldn't have remembered because I know you I completely forgot. Noli had to bring it up today in the yeah. chat about it. Yeah. So uh, I can't remember. I think I I may have said it. I don't know. I, I think I might have said by Thanksgiving he's going to be gone. Uh, I, we can double check on that. But check the uh, I think I said Thanksgiving I, uh, he was going to be gone. But American, so, or, uh, American or Canadian Thanksgiving? There's only one. Yeah, Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're but, right. Because then you you were you're off right. because that already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, you are uh, you are correct, idiot. Um, I, I honestly, I my view kind of changed though. I don't know about you guys, but just based off the start, the Hawks had you know kind of surprised everybody. Uh, getting off to a streak with uh, I think it was either five or six uh, games in a row with at least a point uh, until obviously that Tampa uh, blowout game. But um, yikes! Oh no, I'm sorry, the, the Arizona game. Um, but I thought that might have changed some things. Uh, did you guys feel the same way? Yeah, uh, definitely. They like as it was going on. Obviously, that we we talked about it. They came out the gates hot, like way hotter than anyone would have predicted. Um, right now, I mean, they're a five hundred team. They're six and six, three OT losses, five in a row lost. No. Well, Three. Five. I'll tell you, um, the road trip right now that they just got off of was a complete and utter disaster. Um, really ugly all the way through. What? Uh, I what? think, I, if, if I remember correctly, in Stan Bowman's presser, he, he used that as an example as to why Q got fired. Um, I don't think that was completely on Q. Uh, at, at that point, but I don't think it necessarily helped him at all. 
One second. It is five. Yeah. St. My, Louis, Edmonton, Vancouver, and then... Calgary. Edmonton again and Calgary. Yeah. I thought it was five, but my NHL app says oh, three. OT. So they got a point, so I think they uh, oh, they reset okay. it. They okay. still lost. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, yeah. It's still not great. So the thing is, though, like, yeah, they're on a five-game skid, and that road trip was tough. Um, I mean, you don't have a healthy caner, which is obviously huge. Yeah. But I'll let you say your thing in a second. Well, um, okay, yeah. I mean, they're in sixth in their division, and they're two points back from third in the division. Like, there's three teams right now. Winnipeg, Colorado, and Dallas all have 17 points, and the Hawks have 15. Like, they're not, like, out of it whatsoever. They're not fucking no. St. Louis down there. But, I mean, St. Louis has three less games played than the Hawks. But still, I mean. Yeah. They they're hundred percent doing way better than anyone would have expected, and they're on a five game skid. Like, and I think that's the I problem though. Is, that they exceeded think, expectations. You know, like I don't think that there was. It was like okay, they coming up really hot, but there's really no like. What's the word I'm thinking of? I don't confidence know. that that was going to continue. Oh, especially after that skid. Mm. Well, I I think the other thing, too, is that management probably was thinking, all right, we came out of the gates pretty hot. Let's see what we can do with this. And then this five-game skid came along, and all of a sudden we're a 500 hockey team. I They say it a lot. You can't win a division um, you know, in the first couple of months, but you could certainly lose it. You could certainly find yourself out of the playoff hunt. So I think it might be just a preemptive strike type of a thing to to get something changed before it's too late yeah and i mean like we've said it before pretty much whoever's in the playoffs at thanksgiving is in the playoffs you know at the end of the year i mean there's especially this year though there's gonna be a lot of close ones like there's gonna be a lot of bubble teams that could squeak in at the end of the year um but typically those teams that are in it around thanksgiving are in it by the end of the year yeah and in case you guys didn't know, Thanksgiving's right around the corner, which means Christmas is like two days away. <laughs> um, you had mentioned Patrick Kane. Um, Don't you dare take about, what I was uh, say. his quote. God that damn it, Poets. Yeah. Damn it, Poets. I mean, That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah, when, uh, Poets. <laughs> Go ahead. Jeremy literally opened his mouth. I was like, I'll let me finish. Let me finish. I start crying. So you do it. So here is Kane's quote about it. He goes, when I heard the news, I'm kind of thinking I wish I wasn't sick in Vancouver or I wish I maybe felt better on that road trip. I could have played better and then maybe something like this doesn't happen. Just thoughts running through your head. Talk about like the little kid taking – responsibility mom, for parents mom, getting yeah, divorced mom and dad are getting divorced it's got to be my fault it's not that dad's yeah. blowing other dudes like it's it's got to be <laughs> my fault um <laughs> i have a feeling Pots didn't hear that one <laughs> no i didn't i'm sorry it cut out i i said uh it's definitely like it jerem said he's you know the little kid when the parents are getting divorced i was like yeah like it oh it's totally my fault. Dad's blowing dudes, but like it's my fault they're getting divorced. <laughs> um, okay. That's, but like, that's just how Patrick Kane is. Like, that's how, honestly, like that's how a superstar and a winner acts. Like, it's it's, I don't know. 
Here, yeah, here, since we're talking about Kane's quote, let's talk. I have two other quotes here. One from Siebes. He means the world to me. 10 years, three Stanley Cups. What was I, 23, 24 when I came here? He taught me a lot about a young, a lot as a young man and a young player. Crawford came out and said, um, We've been through so much together. For me personally, he had a ton of confidence in me from the start. It's hard to hear that news. It's just, and uh, Taves, I couldn't find the exact quote that he had, but he, they all just seemed completely. And absolutely rattled. Yeah, I mean, it's some of these guys. It was not their first coach, but basically, basically was. like it basically was because Savard wasn't there for long. And honestly, I felt like they were heartbroken when Savard left. Like Kaner loved having Savard as coach. Yeah, but yeah. and then Q well, came in. Kaner, and Q came in and Kaner like, was in tears. Yeah, yeah, they just connected for some. I don't know. Maybe it's the spinorama ability. You know, whatever. Yeah, I was um, but yeah, and then Q came in, and honestly, obviously, they it was a perfect fit for him for a, as long as they had him. Um, I mean, three cups speaks for itself, but especially with that core group, um, it's what's absolutely fantastic too. Well, not fantastic. The way that those guys who gave quotes like express themselves, taking you know, taking the blame, not putting the blame on Q at all. It's like you showed, they really showed how well that they've been taught to be professionals and to be leaders and all that. And the most, like, I don't know if it's irony or what, Q's the one that taught him to do that. Yeah. And it's kind of like a little jab at Bowman almost. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, Cause I mean, all right. Thanks, Andrew. Fucking come on, bud. All right. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of, I mean, I feel like low key, they always go after Bowman like with the Panarin trade Kaner was very upset about that uh Jarmelson like Tomerson, there's just, yep. yeah there's a lot of like when they ask him about like some of the players are doing interviews after big things like this happen they're kind of taking little jabs at Bowman Q gave them like press conference 101 yeah. how to say what you mean without actually without saying getting it. fired yeah. <laughs> and then well after 10 years at least yeah um so yeah, upsetting. Yeah, Q did a lot. But also might have just been his time anyways. Yay. So, nay. you and I were kind of talking in the car a little bit about this, whether or not it was his time. Um, I, I think his time was coming to an end. Uh, I don't think, I still think it's a bit too soon. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Colleton, I mean, obviously he's done an incredible job with the Rockford Ice Hogs. You know, I mean, just taking a look at what he's done with that team in the past two years, uh, I mean, they were almost unbeatable in the playoffs last year. I mean, they went on some sick streak, uh, had that team going like a wagon. And then he's continued it this year. So, I mean, obviously he's got the ability to coach at a pretty high level and to get his players to want to play the way that he wants them to play and to get some W's out of it as well, which is obviously the most important thing. But for reference, I mean, he was um, 40, 28, four and four last year. And this year he was six, three, one and two. Yeah. And I mean, that's impressive. That's six, three, one and two. Uh, I mean, Anton Forsberg is currently on that team right now. So, I mean, let's, let's call that for what it is. That's a pretty impressive record at this point. Um, yeah, but Dalia. Yeah, Colin Dalia is. Forsberg's yeah, two, I agree. Forsberg's two and one with a one point nine nine goals against average and a 
uh, 0.2, 0.929 save percentage. 0.2, Jesus Christ. Poets, what the fuck? Well, you know what? I just muted it. <laughs> Why didn't you do that the first time, yeah, bud? Jesus. First, That's what I did. First time um, hosting? Anyway, I mean, taking a look at uh, Jeremy Collins, he's 33 years old. He played with Brent Seabrook in the U18 Canada team. Yeah. So, I mean, there there are guys on this team who he has played with. So, I mean, that's got to be a, a really weird dynamic, not only for the players. Like, I mean, I feel like uh, this is coming from me, a, a current college coach who's played with some of the players on his team. I, but I, I mean, was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. It, that's got to be such a weird dynamic for them. It's coming from a professional standpoint. I mean, it, a guy like Prince Seabrook could very easily say, I'm – I played with you before. I am still currently playing in the NHL. Why the hell should I even listen to what you have to say? Obviously, that's not who Brent Seabrook is. So, you know, I don't think anybody on that that, team would do that because obviously we just know what kind of guys these players are. And I feel like most, I'm, I'm saying most NHL players, no matter who's coaching them, unless you're, you know, the Ottawa centers, they're going to respect the coach (laughs) and, Whatever he says is gonna go. Um, nice little just because that's that's yeah exactly yeah. Um, but that's just how hockey players are raised. I mean, you whoever yeah. your your superior is, you you're gonna respect them no matter who they are. I fucking hated yeah. the coaches that I played with. But good point. You have to. Yeah. And if you don't, you're gonna get fucking sat, and nobody wants to get sat. Like, it's yeah. his team and it's his rules. He does what he wants. Also, quick fun fact uh, that fan of the show and guest of the show, Tanner Houston, is going to like. Guess what draft he was drafted in? Oh, three, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> it always comes back Great to 03. All time. Every, everything comes back to the 03 draft. Everything. <laughs> Insane. I saw that. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. What a draft. Um,. What gets brought up more, yeah, the 03 draft or Jarmerson? <sighs> Depends. <laughs> With Tanner not around, it's Jarmerson. <laughs> if Tanner's in the room, it's 03, no question. Yeah. Um, so uh, here's my, my other question, kind of jumping back to uh, Quinville, whether it's his time or not. Uh, obviously, this whole thing was kind of brought on by Bowman and everything. Did Quinville also kind of dig himself in a little bit of a hole by, uh, you know, kind of his lack of uh, being able to coach young players, you know, um, not coach young players, but kind of burying them in the system for a little longer than they need to be or scratching some guys that probably shouldn't be scratched at this point. So I'm thinking guys like Sakura, who probably should have started the season with Hawks or John Hayden, who's only played in, I think, like two or three games this year, you know, in favor of guys like Chris Kunitz, who is a complete disaster out on the ice, albeit Stan Bowman signed him, and he's a veteran, and he's got that veteran leadership like, or whatever you want to call it's like it. Kunitz but Kunitz was a gift you know, for Bowman. It, did he kind of dig his own grave here a little bit by kind of having that mentality? The thing is, it's... Yes and no, I would say, because he's always done that. Like, look at a guy like Nick Letty. It just didn't like him until he got traded. Like, and we've talked about Nick Letty all the time. Like, he could have been a stud on the Hawks, but for some reason, Q didn't like him. So there's guys that Q likes and doesn't like, and 
I don't know. I the thing with Quinn but with Willard, that example, with that example, I will say he could have gotten away with it back then because they actually had a really good team yeah. mm-hmm. to back him up. You but, know, so I mean, I, I feel like at at this point, with him not having that great of a hockey team anymore, he probably needed to go down to that younger route. I mean, I mean, they took going back to Yoki Haru this year. Going so, back I mean, to the Chris Kunitz signing, I mean, I I feel like it probably wouldn't have sat well with Stan Bowman if Chris Kunitz ends up getting sat, you know, in favor of somebody like John Hayden. So that's obviously not like a well, yeah, something gave, that could end up happening. He but gave I mean, it's a no movement clause. There's nothing you can do about Kunitz. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just giving examples. No, here. yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, um, though, too, like, it's right. it's like he – I I see what you're saying. I'm saying, like, I feel like it. he did get himself a little bit, but Bowman finished it and then filled the hole on top of him. So, like I said, it's yes and no for it, him digging his own grave, but – and then him doing this for so long, yeah, he had better players back then, and but the, and now he doesn't have as great of a team as deep of a team. But the thing is, he's still doing it. He's still doing the same things. You don't see many things change for him. Like the the way that the Hawks have been playing has been the same since he's been here, yeah. and he just he doesn't change things up except for the lineup. Like he changed the lines mm-hmm. like as much as he can, and. It's just I don't think that style, his style right now, is gonna help the Hawks right now. So, yeah, it sucks. He got let go, and maybe it was time, maybe it wasn't time, but I, it was definitely closer to it being his time than anything. I feel like I, that yeah. definitely didn't make sense whatsoever. But I'm not terribly upset about him getting let go. Um, Kind of the way it happened, yeah. kind of more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would, you can almost compare it to, to a, almost like Marion Hosa, where it really wasn't on his own terms when he probably deserved that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, if anything, like, I don't – if the, you could have done it over the summer. And I know every, if they did, they would have been like, oh, well, why don't you give him one more shot and everything like that. But also, like, if you just let him go in the summer, like – I don't know. You wouldn't have a 500 team that's been playing actually a lot better than you thought, and you still let him go anyway. I mean, I don't know. It's what do you, what do you think is next for him? Does he go to another coaching job right away? Does he not right away? So here's I was looking at some of the possible openings and what he could possibly do. I came down to two things. If he wants to coach again this year right away, get back in it. If an opening comes up in St. Louis, I can see him going back to St. Louis. If he wants to wait a year, I could see him, and I think he'd be the great choice to be the guy that builds Seattle. Oh. Oh, baby. Yeah, I... I that's cool as hell. I like that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, next year will be the one I year out before. That. Yeah, but then it's going to be full of guys that he would probably healthy scratch. <laughs> but but you know what though too though yeah but he would have be the ability to healthy up, scratch them without having to answer to the GM because he, they'll know 
That's his team. He's going to end up with Jeremy Morin again, and he's going to try and move <laughs> him again. If he goes to another team, can he trade for him just so he can trade <laughs> him again? Just trade him away. <laughs> Send him back to Chicago. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. I hadn't thought about Seattle. That that wouldn't be a bad move. Um, no, it wouldn't. I mean, he's getting paid $6 million this year and $6 million next year not to coach. Yeah. If I was him, I wouldn't be in a rush unless um, the right opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he does take one right away. Um, I don't know. There's. I don't know. But the thing is, there's so many coaches on a hot seat right now. Like, like Mike Yo even well, he, came out and said, um, "Yeah, my job should be questioned right now. Our team sucks, basically." And Q has all that history with St. Louis, and St. Louis has a good team, and they're not playing up to their standards, so it kind of would be a perfect fit if he went to the Blues, which would fucking, ugh. I wish fucking, I could find this. Ugh. But, I don't know. I just, he's, what, 60 now? Yeah. Like, he's, he had some long miles in the last 10 years. Some long. Well, yeah, here's, here's my thought on it. For a guy who's been coaching with the Hawks since the 08-09 season, been to the playoffs every year, except for last year and I think the last two years for really everybody on the Blackhawks have probably been the most stressful for them. I mean, there's been three Stanley Cups, uh, five, six, five pretty deep runs in the playoffs. I mean, I feel like the last two years have been the most stressful. And you don't get along with your Am DM. I wrong? <laughs> no, that's, yeah, this was definitely uh a wake up call a little bit for the franchise. It was kind of like, yeah. like we were talking. So I'm good. I, I feel like if, if I'm Quinville, then after that, I'm probably going to take off for, for at least a year just to relax and live totally stress free. Yeah. Babcock had a great little quote about this. When uh, they asked him about his firing, he said, Good man. I imagine those slopes in Denver are going to get worn out. Good friend, good coach, three cups. He's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I don't know what else you can say about him. If he wants to work, he'll work. <laughs> That's great. And there's a bunch of people. Yeah. This is on the Leafs subreddit, and a bunch of people, hire him as an assistant. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just reassemble the Jesus entire Team Christ. Canada coaching staff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get all of Team Canada together in Toronto. <laughs> um, so I was looking up his stats with the Hawks and um, obviously he played, he was, well, he didn't play. He, he dressed for all 82 games every single year. <laughs> um, what a fucking mule iron streak. Uh, so 797 regular season games he was a part of. And exactly the Hawks had in those games, they had exactly 1000 points, which is pretty wild. It's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and um, I mean, obviously a winning record for him. Um, yeah, and then 128 um, playoff games with 76 dubs, 52 losses. Greatest so, coach in Blackhawk history? Oh, no question, think? no question. Yeah, try all time. <laughs> yeah. What about like Trent Yanni though? Well, I mean, let's let's not look. You know, past Elpo Suhonen. You yeah. know, 
I mean, we talked about Savvy. He pretty much molded this whole team. So, I mean, it really goes back to this team. The first cup was really Savard and um, and Talon. And Talon, yeah. It was Savard and Talon, yeah. So, Quinville, Quinville and Bowman, like, you guys didn't even do anything. Like, fucking figure it out, boys. <laughs> like, you're just riding the coattails of two superstars. Yeah. So they, they're, they're, they're the it. they're the Chris Kunitz to uh, the Sidney Crosby. Coats, <laughs> <laughs> did you look into the press conference at all from today? Uh, I only saw some quotes. I I didn't watch it at all. No. All right. Um, do you have any other quotes that you that stuck out, stood out to you? I mean, I I mainly wanted to see exactly what Bowman's reasoning was for everything. Because um, I didn't like him. <laughs> no, yeah, he that, said that was, that he said in, he said it in the conference. He goes, he doesn't understand where this report came that they don't like each other, that they're good buddies. Nah. Every league source hey. says the other way. Yeah, well, well, well go ahead. Yeah, and... but also, what's he gonna say? This guy's a fucking no. I know, but like, it's like not... you just fired the guy. Just own it now. Come on. Yeah. yeah. So you're, not, yeah. you're not like you're going to make the workday awkward tomorrow. Like, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I mean, might when fucking are... Kane comes up to fucking Rocky and he's just like, I don't like this guy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, get him the fuck out of here. No. He's going to eichel it. He's oh, going to eichel God. it so hard. People... <laughs> People are obviously pissed that, that Q is gone. I'm sure he knows that. So there's no way he would do anything to, you know, stir the pot any more than it needs to be done. So John yeah. McDonough um, had a couple good. Not good. A couple questioning, questionable comments that I want to bring up and see what you guys think. So somebody, after a bunch of softball questions, somebody finally asked the question, was there ever a thought of firing Stan as well? And Fantastic. McDonough said there's no thought into it at all. He goes, I believe in this roster. I believe in Stan. He said that he would never neuter his GM who had a great body of work. What the fuck does Stan Bowman have on Rocky Wurtz and John McDonough? Well, it's definitely not his actual body because that's a fucking milk bag. Mm. Um, I can, uh, he is most likely. Uh, I, I feel like that's not a a truthful statement. I feel like that's another one of those. That's that's let's Bowman not put going any fuel on the fire. Or, yeah, that's thing. that's the same thing as Bowman going. Yeah, we're best buds. Me and Q, we <laughs> yeah, get along we're, so we're best well. Friends. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna call him right it, now. Actually, let's that's let's basically FaceTime just him. kind of saving face at this point. Because I mean, so obviously, I mean, you go on Twitter and everybody's rattled. Everybody's like, "Oh, I wish it was Bowman instead." And it should have been too. He should have been part of this. It yeah. shouldn't have just been Q. It should have been both of them. Yes, exactly. Because, like I said, I'm. I don't know about you, Poets. You seem upset about it, but honestly, I'm not that upset. Q is gone. Honestly, like he's he's done his time. There's not many coaches in the league that last with one team for ten plus seasons. Like no, and that what he's done in those ten years, like it'll never, like that's that amazing. Incredible. Nobody yeah. nobody's ever gonna forget what he did, and I think it was just his no. time, but. Yes, also it's Bowman's time because look at what he's fucking done. He's turned this team into a, a dumpster fire. Like this 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 record is his fault. All of this is his fault. Like he's the one to blame. And everybody on Twitter is like, oh, fire Bowman fire Bowman instead of Q because it's his fault. And they're actually right, but also Q is I'm fine with Q going too. Yeah, I mean don't you think, though, if both go at the same time, that kind of 
denotes it's, almost a all right, this is it. We're we're revamping everything. That's well, that's what, exactly. But Buckle McDonough down. basically yeah. said that's what they're doing without actually saying that. He actually I have the quote here. I won't label it as a rebuild, more of a remodeling. We still have Hall of Fame players. My expectation it are is that a playoff team we are a playoff team. We get in any way we get in, anything can happen. It's not gonna happen with Bowman making some of the moves that he does. Yeah. Exactly. Like so I just wrote down I went through I I don't know what website it was, but I literally typed in <laughs> Blackhawks trades and it pulled up twenty six pages of all the Blackhawks trades that have ever been made and it was unbelievable. So I went through some over the last couple of years that Bowman's done. Um or like re signings or not re signings. So obviously we've talked about pretty much all of these because we talk about Bowman and the stupid things he does all the time. Um but some big ones that stand out, um, Ryan Hartman down to uh, Nashville. He would be a great asset to this team right now. Uh, Michael Kempney, <laughs> Stanley Cup champion. Um, Artemi Panarin for Brandon Saad, which is one of the biggest ones here. You can't judge a trade yet. Yeah. And, Fuck off, Sam. And uh, – I know I've mentioned it before. Like, even if you don't re-sign Panarin because you wouldn't have cap space, if you could hold on to him for another year, you could have got so much more for him than what was it, Sod Forsberg in a, a third-round pick. You don't get a first-round pick for Panarin, you fucked up. Um, losing Tavo Teravainen, I understand the circumstances. On you have to move that because of the Bickle contract, but also if you don't fuck up and give Bickle that big of a contract, you don't have to move Teravainen. And look what he's doing ding, right ding, now. Ding, 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 look ding, ding. what he's doing right now in uh, Carolina. Um, this is one that Crushing I can, it. yeah, this is one I completely forgot about. And this is honestly maybe one of the worst, not because of who we traded, but what a waste we got back. Philip Deneau. Oh yeah. We got Dale mm-hmm. Weiss and Fleischman. Weiss did not get along with Q. He came out and said that he couldn't crack the lineup. And Fleischman, like, I don't, I don't know what. Like, is he alive? Is he still alive? Is he a person anymore? Like, what happened? Is he a whale? But I don't it, know. But it was the Dutch Wayne Gretzky, man. Yeah. So Fleischman, Fleischman, I remember they were they were trying to get him to be almost like a Thomas Kopechke type thing. Yeah. And, and that ended up not working at all. So I mean, like those. That's Philip Deneau on this lineup would be unbelievable. That's the third line center that they need. Honestly, like he's he's <clears> very. Fuck, he could have probably been the second line center. He could have been. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine a Dano, uh, Schmaltz, Kane? Yeah. Like right now? like I, Somebody who can at least win me a goddamn face-off in the defensive zone. Exactly. Please. Exactly. Holy shit. Um, obviously, Nick Letty and Nicholas Jarmelson. I think that was the topping on the cake that Jarmelson, the, the big fuck you to Q, um, that was because that, that, it was because a ticking time bomb. For Q, this. yeah, because Q had, had. I think he got blindsided by that one, and I feel like he was almost in tears when that happened. Because who doesn't want Jarmuson on their team? Yeah, I, I I agree with you guys. I, that was actually the first thing that came into my mind, Jeremy, was that it was a ticking time bomb at that point. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was just a matter of time before something happened. One of them ended up having to break, or somebody got fired. Um, I think after Jomerson had gotten traded, the everything just kind of went south yeah. a little bit. I mean, all downhill. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that really just kind of turned everything around. Oh, so I just looked up Fultonel's um, contract. Yeah. And speaking of contracts, when you sign guys, like I said, Bickle, there was the four by four home hometown discount. Thanks a lot, Bix. Um, <laughs> the Seabrook eight year, fifty five million, six point eight seven five per, is absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. I know he did a lot for the Hawks, and I know he was a big part of the core for the Cups. But you cannot pay guys off of what they they've done i mean you you obviously give them a little bit more but you cannot give him that much money for how old he is and how many miles he has and what he's going to do for your team in those eight years it's not going to be worth 6.875 and you know that and then anisimov at 4.55 finally has a modified no trade clause and everybody of course has a no no move clause Everyone. There's no reason why this team should have nine fucking no trade, no movement clauses. Yeah. And then not to mention the Chris Kunitz, the Cam Ward, which I'm not that upset about Cam Ward and Brandon Manning. So I'm I'm going to go on cap friendly right now, and I'm going to look at some of the the highest – contracts currently in the game right now and i can almost guarantee you that there is not going to be a worse contract than the the brent super contract tom wilson Ooh. Uh, i don't know he's still young though yeah, he's fair. still he's still young and that's he's fair. gonna play when he gets back from a suspension he's gonna play with ovi yeah. and yeah, that's he'll fair. put up some points yeah, all right Still a stupid contract. I'm going on record saying that. <laughs> um, I honestly, I didn't. Am I? Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was saying I didn't mind that contract. Is, is that weird? Yeah, that is weird. I, I, I mean, it's not a great contract. I'll say that, but I don't think it's like sports or anything like that. Well, you're cutting out there, and it sounds yeah. like somebody's got you by the balls. <laughs> Jesus. I don't, I don't know what's happening. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I it's didn't just, do anything. It's just, so. it's, just, it's just the podcast guy preventing you from saying something stupid about that contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's looking out for you, bud. Um, so uh, we've got Corey Perry. 33 years old, making 8.625 mil after a couple pretty not-so-great years. Yeah, but when he signed that, he was yeah. still putting up almost 50. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you could say that with Seabro, too. When he signed that, he he deserved that money at that point. No. Because no. he signed You what? don't think so? No, no, I think he came. Wasn't it one of his worst seasons he just came off of, too? Yeah. Like, in Wait, you, in you... When, did he, when did he sign that contract? I thought he signed that right after the 15-year. Um, look it up. I think it was, but still, like you could tell, he was already declining during that season. Mm. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl at eight point five million. Yeah, that one's tough. Yeah, he did. Even though, to the cup here. Sorry. even even though him and McDavid are like the easiest like picks to win in in any OT game. Mm. Never mind. He had a okay. good year before he signed that. But still, I retract like, my statement. 
you could tell he was declining. Like yeah. he, it, he wasn't going to be worth that much money. But as soon as he signed it, he went down. He went already lost ten points right off the bat. Um, quick question: uh, Jason Spezza for seven point five million. <laughs> Who signed it? Did Dallas sign him to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dallas. I I feel like that's another one where at time. That's a good signing, but now that we know what we know now, it's almost like yikes! What was the thought process on yeah. that? Yeah, when he went there, I was like, "Oh fuck, Dallas is gonna be a wagon." Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he he did not live up to that. Also, Alish Hemsky went with him, and eesh. <laughs> um, oh five, uh, fifteen, sixteen, he signed that. Also, Martin Hansel in Dallas has a ridiculous contract. I can't remember what it is, but he has a ridiculous one down there. And he's like, uh, I'll never. Healthy. I'll look that up in two seconds. But I, I think I actually found uh, the worst contract in the league, uh, and it comes in the form of Bobby Ryan with seven point two five. Yeah, that's tough. I was looking at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still don't think he's bad though. He's he's like, not seven point, but he's not seven point five. That's the worst thing though too. Like some of these players, it's like it's easy to say, oh, they're not worth it. But it's like at the same time, if someone's dangling that money in front of you, oh, what are yeah. you gonna say? No, I know what. No, I'm I'm not against no, I, no. players. Yeah, I'm not saying it's you. Absolutely paid, but it's like as a fan, it's like. Yeah, I, like William Nylander. Like fuck you, bud. Just sign for six million dollars. You yeah. win two cups. Like yeah. just do it. But also. Yeah. Nylander, get it as much money as you can. So it's just like, no, I understand. Yeah, no, but it's just, it's just, it's funny. It's, it's funny at the same time. It's like, oh, oh fuck yeah. this guy, but it's like, hey, he got paid. Congratulations, bud. Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> oh, if I'm in that position, I'm not taking that much yeah. money. No way. <laughs> really, you want to give me six? I really only think I'm worth three. Yeah, like, come on, let's be serious. <laughs> that's why. Marty Hansel is making four point seven five. Yeah, in the next two years on the IR. Yeah, that's tough. Um. That's why if Bowman ever gives you a contract, you just sign it. You don't look at it because it's guaranteed oh, yeah. to be overpaid. Yeah. You don't question shit. You just sign it. <laughs> I know I have a no movement clause. I know I'm going to be here for a long time, and I know I'm going to get fucking paid. Jesus Christ. Anaheim's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players on IR. Oh. Jesus. Jesus Murphy. Um, but yeah, I, I, all right. So what do we, how do we feel about the remainder of the season now at this point? You know, Jeremy Talton's going to come in. I'm very interested to see how the first game goes. I feel like that one could go one of two ways. It can either go boys are super pumped, new coach, kind of almost like a, you start the season brand new at this point. Um, or it can go, you know, this is weird without Q. I'm not used to this. How do I hockey? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it really depends on what kind of coach is he going to be. Is he going to be the coach that he knows how to be, or is he coming in to be the yes man that Bowman just hi. clearly wants? Hey, guys, how are yeah. you? We're going to practice today if that's okay. With reading you. off like, a note card. Yeah. Like, this is who's going to play. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, if he just goes in there, that's the thing. He's just got to walk in the room and, and – Pretend like he's in Rockford still or whatever, you know. Just he's be basically going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of Rockford guys coming up. Yeah. Um. So you just got to do his thing and just fucking go out there and make these guys play. Um. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's going to be weird. Um. Without Q behind the bench for everybody involved. Um. 
but yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how they how they hit the ice. Uh, was it Thursday? Thursday, yeah. At home Carolina. too, so we'll see. I think it's gonna be a rough transition, especially because what we'd failed to mention, they fired the entire coaching staff. Yeah. So that means, hopefully, that means new power play, new new penalty kill. So I think it's gonna be a little bit of rough, probably for the Nets month month yeah and then i mean hopefully i still no matter who the coach is i still try and believe we are short a top four defenseman and either a top nine or a top six winger i still don't think the coaching change is going to do well as much with the forwards if you bring up secura yeah i think he could get in that top nine and be a surprise if Schmaltz could fucking figure his shit out. He might be able oh. to now too. He might be able to get maybe. some consistency now. Maybe. Yeah, that's another thing that Quinville always did. He he the young guys that actually did crack the lineup, he never kept it consistent. Like I said, he changed the lines up so much that it's I think it was it was Hinnestroza when he went to Arizona. Yeah, he's, I was just about to say Vinny yeah, Hinnestroza. Yeah, he said he's like they were like, Oh, how's it are you excited to go to Arizona? He's like, I'm I'm just glad I know I know what my role is there. Like he just couldn't figure out a role here. And if you don't know who you're playing with every single night, that's not gonna help you out. So maybe that'll help Schmaltz out. Yeah, and you know, kind of going back to it again with Carlton having such a good rapport with the the guys down in Rockford, you know, they're gonna end up having to come up here at some point. You know, uh, they're going to have to take over here at some point, whether that's going to be this year, whether that's going to end up being next year or, you know, a little bit further down the line, what have you. But the fact that he's able to already kind of have his foot in the door with those guys, I think that's going to help that kind of a transition. However, with the guys that he's got now, the guys like Tate and Kane and, you know, um, even somebody like DeBrinkage, who really fit in well with the way that Q ran, uh, you know, his systems and things like that, I think that's going to be a bit of a harder transition. Those are the guys that you need to fit in right away to your to your systems, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, are you guys thinking playoffs? No. I Honestly, I'm thinking at this point, let's just hope we get to the new year at 500. Really? You know, I mean, it's too early to tell because Tank for I Hughes, baby. You don't really know. <laughs> you don't. There's no really previous experience for this guy to kind of base it off of. You know, it's not like we could right. be like, well, when he was with, you know, um, Buffalo back in 2008. I did. Buffalo. You know, I got a stat on Buffalo. him. Oh, he he coached in the Swedish Hockey League for four years, had a winning record, I believe, his entire time there. His last season there, he helped get his team promoted to the higher league. He finished with a record of 35, 14, and 13. Or, I'm sorry, 35, yeah. 4, and 13. I was going to say 13 and 15. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, um, he he's doing something right, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that he, he's a very good coach. I mean, almost everywhere, if not everywhere he goes, it ends up being a winning record. But you could say the same with Joe Quinball. I mean, the, the first time he ever had a losing record um, on a full season was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know, I think I think the one time he did have a losing record prior to that, he got let go midseason by St. Louis. So, and then the year before that, they missed the playoffs by one point, which ended up being the highest point total that anyone's ever missed the playoffs by until Dallas <laughs> back in like 2011 or something like that. So, I mean, let's see. Uh, you can kind of say the same thing with Q, but you know, Q's got a little bit more. Um, 
you know, experience to his game, but also he's a little bit older, a little bit more old school, which Jeremy Carlton is not. So, I mean, technically, yeah, he's, ne- he's, he's like only had one losing he's season. Like twice his age. Um, he's there. There, he's Quinville's one year older than me. Like he's one year older than me right now. Older than the Hawks' new coach. He's twenty-seven years older than the Hawks' new coach, and I am twenty-six. There were there were so many ways for you to say that. I, yeah, I, I'm like looking at him right now. I'm like, what is he trying to do? <laughs> he's not one year older than me. No, that's not true. I'm not that old. Um, he's me older. Yeah. I thought He's, something skipped out on the phone. I thought he was talking <laughs> about his kid, maybe. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? No, he's 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 Noli plus one older. <laughs> or you can just say Jerem. No, I don't want to. I want to make it about me. <laughs> um so before Math we, guy. Huge yeah. math guy. <laughs> before we wrap up on Q, because I think we're pretty much wrapped up there. There's um, not much else to yeah, say. Yeah, we got we do got a riding pine. That I want to bring up right here. Um, so, yeah, Riding Pine. Oh, wait, Poets, go for it. Riding Pine, Poet Pal. You're riding the Pine Pony, pal. All right. <laughs> so, this comes from Dad, uh, Brent Holdhands. Um, he asked what our opinion was on Carcillo's statements about the Q firing. Did you guys see the tweet about that? Can you read it? Yeah. So, the firing of Quinville is nothing more than John McDonough, Stan Bowman, and Al. I'm fuck this guy's last name up. Mizek, Mizek, Ms. Isaac. There, hockey operations. Desperate attempt to save their job. There's always tension between Joel and the above men mentioned. Um, Barry Smith is best friends with Stan Bowman, so he ran through that one in there. Barry Smith was named one of the assistants for um, for the new regime. Um, he also said, "Coach or Quinville deserve, deserves better. A man's man. He was the most respected coach amongst the players that ever played for. If this desperate move doesn't help Blackhawks hockey operations, people, um, they will begin to relieve of their duties next." Well, I mean, so very interesting. Yeah, because I was actually I forgot to bring this up, and I wanted to. I was reading an article. Um, I believe it was Scott Powers with The Athletic, but um, I was reading an article um, and basically it was talking about um, that guy, the new assistant coach. What's his name? Barry Smith. Barry Manilow. Okay. (laughs) So Barry Smith was brought in to the Blackhawks organization as a skating coach, I believe. Very close friends with the Bowman family. Uh, Scotty Bowman, Sam Bowman, what have you. But brought him in one of the very first times that Q was on the hot seat, which I believe was the year we played Phoenix. If I'm not mistaken, is that the year that we had the like the nine game losing streak and then we went to New York and uh and snapped it? Uh I know what you're talking I about. Believe, I can't I confirm believe, what year. I believe it was eleven twelve, if I'm not mistaken. That was really the first time that Q was ever on, like, the actual hot seat. Like, all right, this might happen. So, brought him in as a skating coach. And what ended up happening was this guy, you know, skating coach, he's not on the ice every practice. This guy ended up being on the ice every practice. 
so Q ended up, they, they, the media actually ended up starting asking questions to Q, like, who is this guy? Like, I know he's a skating coach, but this is weird seeing him out here all the time. And Q basically was just like, I don't know who this guy is. Basically, you know, he wants to come out here. He wants to be a little bit more hands-on with the skating, what have you. Like, I'm not even going to think twice at it. But it was speculated that Bowman had brought this guy in to be the replacement for Q and kind of started poking him in the side like, hey, I got this guy right here. He's going to take over for you unless you figure your shit out. So I don't remember that ever happening. I don't remember listening I re- or reading I remember anything yeah. like that. I remember that. Do you? Yeah, I do. I don't remember I do. hearing anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember because it was like a big whole thing because it was like Bowman's bringing his guy in and that was like, I believe, the start of the Bowman-Quinville tension. So, I mean, I feel like that was... Seeing that that guy was the, the guy that ended up being on the bench now, obviously he's not the head boss, but he's still on the bench. I feel like that was the final... You know, Stan Bowman, you know, I win. planting his flag. I won. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Joel. Yeah. Um, it worries me a little bit that he's on the bench because I wonder how much, you know, the young guy, how much is he actually going to say? Is it going to be like, oh, we'll let you think you know what, the head coach? I, I, it, it doesn't really worry me all that much for the sole reason of they have been virtually like jerking off Jeremy Carlton ever yeah. since they signed him and you know priming him up to be Quinville's we I think we said it when you know we first take over yeah the first podcast we did when we were talking about him getting hired we were like yeah he's probably the coach in waiting mm-hmm. and I think word for word we all said yeah but he's too young that's not going to happen for a long time <laughs> idiots yeah and I mean it I I I, I I feel like the way that they advertised him, the way that they marketed him and the way that they really, I I think they even came out and said, yeah, like this is the guy that we want coming in after Q is done. You know, I I don't, I don't see them just screwing him like that. You know, obviously nothing is off limits for Stan, but you know, I don't see that happening without any really, really bad repercussions coming their way. I think if something, if this goes South with him, Bowman's done for sure. Yeah. That's. That I is, think he's he's got till trade deadline in my book. I, I mean, I if Stan, if things are still going south with Jeremy Carlton, and Stan doesn't do anything at the trade deadline like he never does, God, I, hope. I think that's it. I I feel like I, if, if that's not enough for the front office to see that Stan is not fit to do this job anymore, if he even was in the first place. I mean, yes, he made a couple of really good moves that helped us win Stanley Cups, but it wasn't a very good long term you know, move 99% of the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know what else could make them see that. I don't think he, if he gets fired, I don't think it's going to happen this year, no matter what. Um, I think it would be over summer or around this time next year, depending on how the Hawks open up (laughs) next year. Cause I just don't think that they're going to fire it. Like it goes back to like, what you said, poets. If they let go of Bowman and Q, it's like all oh, full rebuild. Like we're fucked. Like we need to figure our shit out. But it's like, even if he does get fired at the deadline, it's still. I feel it. Like it would have the same feeling. 
I don't know if it's the deadline. I think he has until the deadline to prove his worth. And if it doesn't work out, then this offseason he gets fired. That's yeah, that's what I'm and I think that's what I'm getting. I towards. think that would be the move. To okay. Do. I could see that as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't see it happening during this season while the games are going on. Um yeah. but going back to the actual question, um my reaction to what Carcillo said, it's not Carcillo is obviously not afraid to say whatever he wants. We all know that. Obviously. Um, Jesus. Um, but it's it's all stuff like we like like we talked about, Jeremy. When you said you know, oh Bowman said that, oh we're good friends. I don't know where else comes from, but uh, one of the players said, you know, Q doesn't get along with all the guys ahead of him. Like it's it's everybody knows that. Yeah, and it's just more confirmation of them not getting along and Bowman pretty much doing whatever the fuck he wants to make Q look bad. I like seeing that though too. I like seeing the comments. I. Th- because you have the whole smoke and mirrors, like, oh, no, we're fine, we're fine. But then it's like, you got to get that hands-on person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. I like the confirmation, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, This is definitely, um, obviously, uncharted territory for, you know, um, us as fans and the players and, not really It'll definitely us. be a transition. <laughs> it just all depends on how they're able to handle that transition. And they're, you know, hopefully it's one of those things where, you know, it's going to be an easier transition, um, especially for, you know, the older guys kind of transitioning to almost a younger game. But um, who knows? I mean, this will be, this will be interesting to see, to say the least. This is the first time since I was a sophomore in high school that Quinville won't be behind the bench for the Hawks. Let's just say that. I got one more quick question about this, and then we can move on. Um, and the only reason I'm referring to them as this is because that's what this time period is. The bandwagon fans that are reacting the way that they are regarding Q being gone, I mean, is it fair, legitimate, or do you think it's just because is, this is the first time that since they've been fans that there's been any sort of issue, cha- coaching changes, anything like that. Like, do you think this is going to be a, a steer people away from the Hawks, or do you think it's just going to kind of finally be like, okay, well, this is what happens in hockey? You know, a lot of people have been asking for his head for a couple of years now. Um, you know, obviously the majority of Hawks fans are upset at this point. Uh, you know, taking a look at some of the, the replies on Twitter and Instagram and things like that, people are, are looking for Bowman to be six feet under right now, which is, I think, is, <laughs> is weird to say. I think it's nice to see uh, that Hawks fans are all kind of on the same page and everybody kind of understands exactly who is to blame for where we are at yeah. right now. But Absolutely. And that's why like, uh, I, the only reason I refer to them as bandwagons because I don't know what else to call this era of fans, you know. No, it's... I understand what you're saying, okay. but I mean, I, I feel like because so many times, you know, Blackhawk fans, when things were going south, it was, you know, all right, that's it. We got to get Q out of here. It's just not working anymore. You know, so I mean, they've yeah. been asking for it and, you know, it finally happened, whether or not they agree with it now or they were all just talking, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's time to either, you know, put up or shut up, I guess, for those fans, but I don't think it will do anything to, you know, um, to hurt attendance or anything like that. Not like it's hurting already. Um, I yeah. Like 
I agree with you, Poets, that it's it's nice to see that everybody knows that this is all Bowman's doing. It's not nothing to blame on Q. Well, a little to blame on Q, but like it's majority. mostly it's yeah. it's majority Bowman. And it's it is nice to see that all these fans are smart enough to see that. But at the same time, um, it's it's weird to see a coach last ten years with one team in the NHL. Like yeah. it just doesn't happen. And to be that successful that whole time, it's 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 crazy. Like it it I don't know. Like it it's not like any other sport where it just it just doesn't happen. And I don't think most fans realize that. And I I was looking. I was trying to find to see if I can see. You know the how many coaches like were with their team for the longest period of times, and I couldn't really find anything quick enough. But I just clicked on Barry Trotz. He was with the Predators for fifteen years. I know that. I, isn't that ridiculous? That's absolutely insane. Doesn't that seem like a lifetime? It's so long, and he's still in the league. Like I, I even, I even forgot that he was with the Predators until like the other day and I was like oh fuck remember when he was the Predators coach it was yeah it was for 15 years <laughs> yep <laughs> like that's nuts that's banana lands like that 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 100% doesn't happen yeah so that's my my Caners cabby two cents yeah oh right. nice oh <laughs> alright do you want to touch on that was awesome thanks do we want to touch touch Ottawa? Nobody wants to touch yeah, Ottawa. Well, yeah, let's um, let's move it on a little bit. What? I, I'm sorry, I broke up a little bit. What did you want to touch on? The the Ottawa, but nobody wants to touch Ottawa. Ah, yeah, no, um, Ottawa. So I'm actually I have NHL Network on right now, and they are absolutely pumping the New Jersey Devils right now, how much do you think they went in that locker room and went, oh boy, we absolutely have to kick the Devils tonight in order to save the little face that we have left. Yeah, uh, um, they won 7-3, by the way. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. if I, sorry if I ruined that. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody's counting on the Ottawa score, but um, wow, just, Wow. So who's who's the bigger dickhead here? Uh, the Ottawa Senators for um, talking just such horrid shit. I mean, I, I, that poor assistant coach. Uh, or is the uh, the Uber driver for uh, selling off that video the bigger the asshole? Uber the Uber driver. Uber driver. No question. 124%. Absolutely the Uber I, driver. I, I 100% agree. And people on, on Twitter and Instagram are all saying, yeah, you know, well, you know, Uber drivers probably shouldn't have done that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, also at the same time, maybe the Ottawa Senators players who are in the car probably should be a bit smarter and realize that they're probably always being fucking videotaped. Oh, fuck no, that. Even no. if you are somewhere in Arizona. Fuck no. And probably shouldn't be saying shit like that in public. Fuck no. that. No, because how many... So how many times do you, you know, you go out with the boys, especially if you're on a fucking road trip, all these, all these guys do this. It's just the modern era where fucking everything's videotaped and recorded and then they put it on social media and it goes viral and it's fucking bullshit and annoying as fuck because nobody can do or say anything with, without having to worry about what's going to happen to them. So I'm not, and no, I'm not excusing the Uber driver. No, I I, I think what he did was 
I I know ridiculous. I know you're not, but to say that they have to watch what they say no matter where they're at, like what are they supposed to do? Fucking go dig a hole and just talk to each other in the hole? Well, there's probably fucking microphones down in the grass then. <laughs> Cause like well, I probably wouldn't talk about it in public. I talk about it in my hotel room. There's oh, so your coach can walk into if your I'm hotel in, if room? I'm in an Uber. They're I'm in a probably co- not going to talk about okay, yeah, my but issues with the penalty. Bill. How many how many Ubers have you been in where there's a camera videotaping you? And how many did you know that about? That's I'm, the I'm, other thing. I want to know. I want to know what kind of recording device that he's got in his car because usually it's pretty obvious to see the recording devices. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Usually you can see the camera. So they, they were either torched, completely hammered, and didn't realize that there was a camera in the car, or they just didn't give a shit. Well, I mean, honestly, how and how many times you get in an Uber and you look to see if there is a camera? Like, it's just, it's so dumb. Like, they were literally just going out, trying to relax a little bit. They had a night off, so they go out together. Like, they're just being the boys. And then everybody does this like no matter where you work like who you work for what you do like if you have a coach or something like that you're gonna have complaints especially when Mm -hmm. especially in ottawa everybody knows what a dumpster fire that that whole city like that that whole fan base that whole team like the whole the whole thing has just been a fucking absolute shit show for the class since they got knocked out of the the playoffs two years ago and, and I mean, that is exactly why they shouldn't be doing that kind of shit in public, talking about oh that kind of thing in public. No. They already no. know that there's a bad rap coming. No. They already know that they're under a microscope and that their organization is an absolute no. joke. So why even pour more fuel on the fire by doing something like that to get you in even more trouble? Why even give the opportunity? Because you're literally out with the boys, relaxing, and just shooting the shit. You're not you're not paying attention to anything else. You're just you're just being the boys. That's all you're doing. If you're, you're just dicking around. If you're at a restaurant, yes, I can see your arguments. You're in a fucking car yes. going to somewhere, you know? There's there's one too. there's one person other than you in in the car compared to like you said a a restaurant or in the bar actually where a mm-hmm. ton of people can hear it and then send it somewhere. Yeah. But you're literally in a car just going back to the hotel. And then what do you do when you go back to the hotel? You go to bed. You're not going to go go to your hotel room and fucking gossip like little girls. Like you're you're going to just do it when you're waiting to go home while you're being safe taking an Uber and you're not being a jackass. I don't know. I mean, I guess I I just thinking about how I would uh, what I would have done in in the Uber. I mean, just knowing where the senators are right now as an organization, how that they're under a microscope already. Everybody knows that it's really tough to be an Ottawa senator right now. Doing something like that, talking shit about your coach and how you don't pay attention, how he's he's absolutely awful. He doesn't even teach us anything. I haven't paid attention in three weeks, and I still run it perfectly. And this, that, and the other thing, just ripping this guy a new one, I'm still probably not going to end up doing that, even if it's in an Uber. I, I, I'm I probably I, not going to do that unless I, I know that I am, you know, either in the locker room talking to the talking to the players or I'm in the hotel room or I'm, I'm, you know, at my house. I disagree with what you I disagree that you wouldn't do that, because if you were in that situation, I feel like it would happen. Not saying like you're a bad person and you would talk shit like that or anything like that. I'm just saying that being on the team with you. And just being with all the boys around us and 
just shooting the shit with the guys, I, you would be a part of it if you were there. Hate to and break, I would too. I I would too, hundred percent. I would to break it to just, you, to, just to dick yeah. around. Like Post. that's just what it is. In, in a college atmosphere, a club in a club college atmosphere, it transfers. Would, it transfers over. Who gives a shit? Hey Potes. Hey Potes. Hey Potes. Did you? In a hey, no, no, no. Hey Potes. Hey Potes. Riddle, riddle me this one. Were you a part of that Billy Carr Twitter account? Oh, absolutely. That was one of the funniest things. It same exact thing. Yeah, I, I, but in a professional atmosphere, I'm probably not going to do that. That's Billy Carr's profession. Same exact thing. If I'm the professional, I'm saying. We get it. You're a coach now. Hate to break it to you. Your players are probably doing this to you. <laughs> yeah, but they're not <laughs> professionals. They're not professionals. You're wrong, I did folks. tell some of my players today. I was like, if you guys ever talk about me like that behind my back, I'm going to shoot you right in the face. I hope you guys understand that. Well, we got that on record, so if any of them die with a bullet <laughs> to the face. Yeah. Well, you know who it was. All right, let's wrap this um, baby up. This is getting long. All right. Um, let's go with um, hot and not. What are your two hots? What are your two nuts? All right, my two hots. I'm going to go in the east. I'm going to Islanders. You bastard. And for not, I'm going Florida. For the West, I'm going. I'm going Vancouver. And for as the hot or not as, as hot, and for not, I'm going to take the scapegoat and go Chicago. All right, Brian. Um, these these boys are flaming hot. The Calgary Flames, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Four four straight W's, top top of the Pacific, um, and then not. I'm gonna go Edmonton. Um, okay, they've been kind of on a skid lately. They're not they're not shooting themselves in the foot, but they they haven't been playing to their full potential. I'd say. Um, and then hot. I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, hot. You know what? I'm gonna go with the Rangers. They're on a four game win streak. One again tonight. Um, they're not going to make a playoff, but they're they're feeling it right now. And um, I'm going to go Carolina for not hot. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, uh, the wheels fell off. Yeah, no kidding. They'll uh, find them Thursday. Yeah, how much how much longer till uh, the Hurricanes can't be a team because everybody's soft and people's houses get destroyed by hurricanes? The tropical storm. Carolina tropical Can't even do storm. that. Can't even do that. I'm allergic to a tropical storm. Can't even do that. <laughs> um, all right, for my hot in the West, I'm going to go with the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, holy fuck. Start, starting to become a bit of a wagon. Yeah, boys are buzzing. Um, they heard about Biz boys Nasty. Are buzzing. Um, and for, uh, for my not, um, I'm going to go with Anaheim starting to take a bit of a backseat, um, three, five and two in their last 10 playing LA tonight. So that should be a guaranteed dub. Um, but, uh, in a bit of a, a, a rough spot right now, uh, out in the East. Oh boy. 
Oh, boy. Um, out in the East, uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh uh, as my hot. Uh, they've dropped two in a row. However, Sidney Crosby's starting to put the puck in the net again. Um, Matt Murray's actually looking pretty decent as well, so uh, they're probably going to end up turning the corner here at some point. Um, my not uh, is probably going to be anybody seen New Jersey? No. Probably going to be New Jersey. Yeah. Last in the, in the Metro right now. That's a good uh, one. Although only five points separate them from first place, but uh, they just lost to Ottawa 7-3. to three. Um, and uh, I was watching some of the goals that went in, and Keith Kincaid did not look great, although he has been pretty decent all year long. Um, um, <laughs> speaking of that game, it, uh, I, new- just, I just saw on uh, on Instagram, uh, Spit and Chicklets put on <laughs> a picture of the billboard, or the uh, Jumbotron, advertising Uber in Ottawa. <laughs> Oh my God! Shut up! <laughs> I swear to God, first picture it pulls up oh on Instagram. Oh my God! So yeah, I think that's uh, I think I think it's about time to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that is it. Um, episode fifty, the Radulov, uh, Corey Crawford. Um, thank you guys for listening. Let us know your thoughts on. Uh, I'm Q, what your favorite memories are. And also, let, let us know what you think about the whole Ottawa situation. Do you think the players had a little bit of onus on themselves uh, in that situation? And I'm, I'm interested to see what our, what our listeners think. You're not going to win uh, this post. But, uh, for Pokes, Noli, and Jerem, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Go Hawks! Follow the guys on Twitter at WCBP, on Instagram, WCB Podcast, and like them on Facebook, the Windy City Benders Podcast. The Windy City Benders Podcast.